I always like to start by asking a very simple question. How are you? I'm good. I'm very well. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm okay. I can't complain. I read that uh, because we have uh, this, we had these crazy two years. But you kind of uh, liked being uh, home and then being able to spend time with family and being a bit creative. Uh, am I right in saying that? Yeah, well, yeah, a bit of both. I mean, okay. the first bit was amazing um, because I never get to spend that much time at home, right. and the weather was really good. Uh, so those two things together just made the first bit like quite amazing. I, f- I felt like it was like a little sort of stop on the whole world, you know, and it, and it was a good thing. I think the whole world needed it at that point. Uh, anyway, um, give everyone a shake up. But yeah, the second part was tough mm. when, you know, it was the second half of the, of the whole thing. And I started to struggle. I went downhill quite quick. Okay. Um, I struggled with mental health massively, um, but I've never really, I never really dealt with myself because I've never had that much time off. Um, but I've come out the other side feeling a lot, lot better than I did before, actually, uh, even though it was painful. Um, it's good, you know, and I just came out of it feeling really lucky. Like there's so many people in the world right now who are screwed because of this. So sure. I, I'm just grateful that I can still make music and I, 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 I was able to use the opportunity of time uh, and write some songs um, and put this greatest hits album together. So it was good. It was really good for me. It was productive. It was productive and, and it gave me a t- some time to assess everything. Yeah. And part of that, I suppose, and, and especially with the greatest hits album is you, you start reflecting and not just you, but I think the whole world started reflecting a little bit on what they had been done uh, doing up until yeah. that point. So for you, what were the first things that came to your ma- uh, mind when you when you started to kind of assess uh, your career or assess your musical kind of output? Um. I mean, initially, I just I didn't really have any thoughts about about my career really until uh, until I saw you know well I did but they were uh, they weren't loud I never voiced them mm. uh, I was always slightly embarrassed about my career um, and then going into the studio I didn't feel that at all I felt really proud I felt like not bad for someone who was like 20 21 I uh, didn't really know what I was doing um, I just went at it with everything I could go at it with and and it worked out and I felt I came away from it feeling real proud like ah I must have done all right like people know enough of the songs um and and they're personal to 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 the to the fans you know like there's certain songs that they just love when it's a real important time in their life whether it's someone being born or someone dying or and so that was a nice feeling to know that I've I've sort of infiltrated people's subconscious Mm. Uh, on a level that is 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 deep deeper than just pop music on the radio, and that's always what I wanted to do. Really, um, you know, yeah. Have, on one hand, have a song that people remember and the tunes memorable and the words are simple. But on the other hand, if you get it right, it, it can go into people's lives. You know, and that's what I like is when they take the songs on board. Like, oh, they play at their wedding or they play at a funeral or, yeah. 
Is it difficult to see that side of it when you're in it? I don't know if that makes sense, but the, the, when you're releasing these albums and, and touring all over the world and, and the, the, having that big success, can you kind of set yourself aside and enjoy these moments for what they are? Or is it only now that you can kind of look back at them and enjoy it? Yeah, I'd say it's only now. Really. Okay. Um, in the beginning, you're on such a treadmill that you're just trying to fulfill everything you, you need to fulfill. Mm. Um, you know, you're trying to do all the TV shows, you're trying to do as many radios as you can do, you're trying to do as many interviews and meet as many fans as you can meet, and you just get burnout. You just get burnout from it. It's, it's a lot of work in the right. first... You know, to go from... You sort of, you know, you put a lot of effort in into the writing and, and getting you know, uh, interest from labels and stuff like that. And then once you get the interest and then and they want to sign you, then it steps up again. And then once you put your album out, then it steps up again. So it's a, it's a long period of time, probably, you know, a year and a half, maybe two years of, of, of doing that. And then all of a sudden you're out into the world and your album's out, people know who you are, and you haven't really got time to deal with the aftermath. You just, you're just in it then. Um, and I'm not in any way, shape or form complaining. It's more mm -hmm. like I just didn't really know how to deal with it. Um, and it stopped me enjoying the process of like gigs and it stopped me enjoying performing because I was just so nervous about it all and sort of I never really had time to recover uh, physically, you know, from the voice. Uh, so that first year or two was just like graft, like really hard graft. Uh, and sort of and, and shit in my pants for ages you know just feeling like I'm nervous and scared and and, and now I don't have any I don't have any of that as, as much you know like I use the fear as fire now and mm. I sort of um, turn it around into a positive I like I feel myself getting scared and then I just tell myself you're not scared you're just excited um, yeah What role did music yeah. play in this process? Because is that part of it, the, the fact that you can uh, express these these feelings and emotions through the, your songs? Did, did that help in that turnaround? Yeah, well, I definitely think it's 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 allowed me to sort of sink into being who I am as an artist. Like, mm. There have been times where it would have been way easier for me to just write a little love song that gets on sure. radio. Uh, and I tried to write about things that were difficult. You know, things that I've been through, like whether it's losing my dad uh, or, or going through trying to have babies that, you know, it's just, it, yeah, but I always try and be so. I think I don't ever lay my sort of life out on the line that people can read it off the page. And that's what happened. I try and create a little bit of space between me and the song. at least a little bit. Because if it's mm -hmm. too personal, it just sounds, it just feels too personal. Um But yeah, I, I always put everything into the songs, but equally I try and give them a little bit of space in the writing so that people can sort of put themselves in the song as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think that it definitely helps practicing being scared, practicing being vulnerable, practicing sort of, you know, feeling fear but ignoring it. You know, it's that's all part of being an artist, really. And and it's mm -hmm. took me a long time to to realize all those things, you know, I was just so, I just wanted to like do well so bad that, that it stopped me. It stopped me from being creatively free. You know, mm -hmm. it, 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 it made me just try and do what I thought people wanted from me. Um, whereas now 
I feel like I'm I'm fulfilling both really. I can I can write a song that I like the sound of and, and I'm into, and equally and it can work on radio. So I feel like I'm trying to get to that special place where artistic freedom and creativity is there, but equally I'm coming up with results. It's like you, you want you want tunes people can remember and play, you know, and hear and sing along to. So yeah, that's what I'm trying to do at this point now is just to, to enjoy the process and enjoy going into the studio, enjoy making up tunes. And yeah, and, and it's, it's finally come. So it's good. Is, is that why you decided to do these refreshed versions of, of these songs then as well? Because as you mentioned, kind of, you're not the same musician as you were back then and the decisions you would yeah. make now are different than, than you made back then. So Yeah, it's main. I mean, it was mainly mainly because I didn't feel good about putting the recordings that are already out and that have, people have heard on radio for years anyway onto a CD, just as as you know as they are. I just didn't feel right. Felt like I was shortchanging people or something. Mm-hmm. So uh, for my peace of mind in that respect, I wanted to re-record them. But yeah, you're right. The other aspect is I want I want people to know where I'm at now. What I sound like when I sing now, live compared to how I did back then, is two totally different things. So, yeah, I just wanted to sort of bring a bit more of a live feeling to the album mm. because no one's been to any gigs. I, you know, I wanted to remind people of what I do live. So, yeah, it was it was it was a nice way to kill two birds with one stone, really. Right, and I saw a couple of clips of you doing uh, in store sessions recently. So, so being able to have that interaction with with the crowd again, what was that like to just be in front of people again? Great, like that's. I mean, it's kind of a. That's why it's just a simple thing of like a crowd interacting with with an act on stage. It makes you know makes the whole night. It just mm. makes it. It makes it more interactive, you know, rather than some nights. You can play with a full band and you've got the full shebang and all the horns and everything. And it just feels like you're playing to a load of people, you know, whereas when you're a crowd and they're joining with you, it just feels like you're all one thing. Like, I can't explain it. Yeah, it's like you're all together in it, together. Mm. And when it's like that, it's the best feeling. It's the best feeling for everyone. It's the best feeling for me and it's the best feeling for the crowd because you just feed off each other. And I'd forgotten how powerful that is. You know, music by itself is an amazing thing. You know, even if you sat by yourself and you listen to some really good music, it can it's really powerful. But if you're with loads of other people who are like-minded and you're all listening to the same thing because you love it, something happens. You know, I don't know. An energy gets sort of mm. created. And I, lo- and I love that part of it. You know, that's a kind of why I like singing, really, is sort of, is bringing that sort of unseen uh, into your ears, you know, bringing mm. those sort of emotions into people's ears. It's good. When you went through uh, this list of songs, and I'm sure there were some difficult decisions in which songs to include and w- uh, which not to, but was there maybe... Not really. Not oh, no? really. Okay. Nah, How not come? really, just because... Um, You know, like the 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 the, the sort of the the, the figures of speak mm. for themselves. You okay, know, like the fact that, that that there's all that sort of data online about what what people like my songs, how many times I've streamed each song, what's their favorite song, and you know, I've got all that information beforehand. 
And 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 actually, normally, I'd like I would have sort of liked to have picked from the heart rather than from information. But I, I you know, I feel like I've got a, a duty to my fans to to put on all their favourite songs, not my favourite songs. So that's kind of what I did. I just I just put on all the top favourites of my songs onto the album because they're the ones that people listen to the most. Um, and that, that was it, really. That's okay. what made the decision. So I didn't really sweat over it at all. You okay. know, there were songs that I wanted on there. You know, there's a few songs like Undiscovered or that I thought should, should have been on there. But, you know, the figures speak for themselves. So I just, I just trusted that the fans know what they're talking about because they're the ones that buy my music. Mm. And so... Um, I just put on, yeah, the most popular songs people, I thought people would want to hear. Okay. Going through these songs then, was there one that kind of, because I'm sure you play a lot of these live uh, or have uh, done over the years, but uh, were there songs where you discovered new things in them or what, maybe one that, that really, that, that, you, that you kind of looked at and thought, oh, this, this, this was pretty awesome, actually, the, the fact that I made this song. Well, there's a few, there's a few different, few different tunes on there. Every tune's different, mm. um, but I was definitely surprised by Broken Strings. Okay. You know, I, th I thought, you know, it's going to be a difficult one to tackle because everyone knows the song. It's been on radio and it's got that sort of beat, and Nelly Furtado's all there, and I just sort of tried to pull it back to the song arrangement of the song, and just let the song do the talking. And actually, I think it's better. I'm not saying it's better without <clears throat> Nelly, because Nelly was a massive reason why that song did well, but uh, it's nice to hear it in its sort of fundamentally sort of original form, which is just a song. It was never meant to be a duet. And so I thought I'd give people a, a version of it that is like that. Uh, but yeah, Up, Up that I did was quite mm. rocky. It's quite rocky. Uh, I didn't expect that. I thought it was going to sound just a meatier version of the of the one I did with Jeff, Jesse J, but it sounds more meaty than I expected. It's a bit more heavy, um, but yeah, that's, I mean they're, they're all different to the originals, um, and they all have their own little flavour, really. But I think the ones that stick out for me that I'm pleased with are "Precious Love" and "Too Late for Lullabies." I think they're they're good songs, and they sound meaty like a soul band playing them. And yeah, I just think um, they just sound more grown, like more strident. Mm. You know, like before I was a bit like, I was young, I was 21, I was singing love songs and I knew people weren't going to be massively into my shit because I was young lad, you know. And so it's took me a long time to feel confident in what I'm doing. But um, I definitely tried to capture some of that on the record and just be more in the pocket of the song. And sort of owning the space a bit more, rather than being like, I'll do three takes and then just choose the best bits. I tried to just get one take that was banging and sort of do it that way, rather than piecing it all together like we did on the first album. Even though a lot of it was live, it was mm. still pieced, pieced together. So I wanted to strip out all the bullshit from the production. Like, Even though the horns are a massive part on some of them songs, Uh, I just wanted to bring it back to the words, the lyric, and the band just supporting me in the room, playing really well, but not overplaying. Um, yeah, just so you get like a live sounding record that is controlled, uh, rather than like 
a really boring studio album or a super live record that is too light. You know, yeah. I, I wanted both. I wanted I wanted it to sound live, but I wanted it to have uh, some control and some sort of experience with with how, when to let the track go and when to not let it go. You know. Is real music dying? What even is real music and who are we to judge that? Well, my father is a lifelong musician and together we've been making music for over a decade. In our new podcast, we dare to ask the urgent, the weird and the deep questions. And we have a lot of wild stories to tell. No matter what genres you enjoy, whether you're a musician, a producer or a listener, we invite you to discover unconventional perspectives on music. So tune in. And go follow Mad Makings of Music wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, and as you mentioned, I do think it, it, with age, a lot of these songs and a lot of lyrics, uh, they carry a little bit more weight with them, uh, perhaps. And I wrote down one lyric from uh, Too Late for Lullabies. Uh, there will be good times, there will be by, uh, bad times and everything in between. And which uh, I love that because it's so true, obviously. That's from P uh, Please Don't Stop the Rain. That's it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. No, that's right. I, I wrote it next yeah, to the wrong I'm song. Just, then. Well, that, that lyric is literally like one of my most forgettable lyrics to me. Um, <laughs> I like I like the lyric about it's a sad song that has no end. Mm. It's a bleeding heart that never mends. It's some, it's, I can't remember how the whole lyric goes now. But yeah, there's there's definitely better lyrics than that one. <laughs> Have a little dig about. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's 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 a very simple way of saying that life is is shit sometimes and life is good. Um, but yeah, please even please don't stop the rain, even though it's a pop song. Um, that turned out pretty nice as well. Um, so yeah, I think I'm, I'm just I'm just, I'm just stoked that they still hold some weight, like you say, because um, I didn't know that they were going. I went into mm. it thinking this, this might be an absolute disaster, and I'm like, what am I doing re-recording these songs? Uh, but actually, I came away from it feeling like there's still some weight in them, and and I feel like I've made them better. So. Uh, it's a nice feeling. It's a nice feeling to have. Like, not only have I not shortchanged everyone, I've given something, something new to listen to, and, and I'm proud of it. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then the fact, I suppose, uh, that, that it uh, reached, about, I think, uh, number six on the, the album charts, that, that must feel yeah. good then, that, yeah, that yeah, people yeah. still enjoy it, right? Yeah, that... right. I mean, I didn't expect the top ten. So the fact I got a top ten was amazing. Just a nice bit of icing on the cake, really. Um, yeah, and I'm yeah, I'm super grateful, super grateful. Yeah, what, what does that tell you about kind of because uh, we mentioned the reflecting and and what does that tell you about because and you've talked about this before about the struggling with confidence and uh, having doubts and those kind of things, but but something like this where where you bring out a greatest hits album, it's it's partly songs that have come out a long time ago, but still uh, people can still find very uh, a lot of joy yeah. in them. Well, what does that mean to you? It means a lot. I mean, it means a lot. It means that I'm doing my job. Um, it means that I'm, I'm trying to, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm succeeding in what I'm trying to, trying to achieve. That's exactly all I've ever wanted to achieve is, is to not be 
you know, super annoying to, to put out songs that mean something to people and that aren't just catchy for the sake of being catchy uh, or say something deeper than just a pop song to last in music, to have more than one song that people know and all of that stuff. You know, that's, and to have a good live um, reputation. All of that stuff is what I've been working towards. So it's, it's, an, it's an amazing feeling to finally feel like that's coming to fruition in whatever form, you know, whether I'm not as successful as I was in the beginning or not, it doesn't really matter to me anymore. It's more about me enjoying the process as an artist and to keep fulfilling my objective as an artist, which is to keep writing music I feel good about and and, and keep doing it because I love it, not because, you know, I, I need money or, or, or want to be famous again. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, so it's, it's a, I feel I feel like I've got a lot of freedom, which is amazing because I never felt that in the beginning. You know, I almost felt trapped by it. So now it's like it's 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 much better, so much better. And it's very good to hear. So finally, then uh, you mentioned kind of writing new songs, and there are two new songs on the album. Uh, it it <laughs> opens with two new songs. So. Take me through yeah. the process of, of, of kind of writing these two new songs and adding them to that, that uh, collection or, or that back catalogue that you have. Um, and and uh, is this yeah, a pre... Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, carry on. Oh, no, I, I was gonna, uh, just going to say, and is this a precursor to, to a new album uh, down the road? Um, I mean, you know, kind of and not. At the same time, like, you know, when I, when I, when I finished uh, Who's Gonna Love Me Now, I was like, this is really good. Like, it's different to what I've done before. It's got a sort of forward-moving energy about it. It's just like, you can just sit on the mic and sing it as hard as you want, and it sounds good. Uh, and that's kind of what I wanted from it. I just wanted, like, a, a tune that isn't so emotional, that has a drop in it, that is more dance tune, um, and to sort of, you know, like a banging dance tune. Uh, and I just tried to sort of write something like that. And then the next, the next one, Don't Mess With Love, is more traditional sort of soul pop, I guess. Um, and, the, and the main difference with that one was that the verse, to me, sounded so summery in like R&B. I never really had a song like that. It's, you know, it's more like there's still that, that sort of, slight tragic sort of lyric um and i guess that sort of ties in with the lyrics still it is slightly tragic but it's more tongue-in-cheek i tried to just sort of you know do it like don't mess with love like, <laughs> don't mess with it if it's good leave it alone don't try and fuck with it you know that that kind of idea um and i think it, it did all right it's done all right for me that song even though I didn't really expect anything from it. I think people have been reacting to it well, and it sounds like a classic sort of tune. So that's good. That's that is really good. But yeah, I'm not sure about the direction. I don't okay. think it's just that's what I was doing at the time, you know. Um, and, and whatever I'm doing next might be completely different, or it might be an offshoot from it. I'm not sure really. But at the minute, I like the idea of doing a couple of EPs with a different vibe on each one. Okay. You know maybe one that's more sort of um, dark, sort of R&B, sort of rocky maybe, and maybe another EP that's a little bit slightly more sort of Americana country. Mm. So, you know, um, I don't know, really, until yeah. I start doing it. 
But but I've definitely got some like I've definitely got a rough idea of a vibe for the next thing, which sounds more like um, story, like more story sounding songs okay. than sort of um, soul sort of ballads or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no, as, you, as you mentioned, you have this freedom now, so the, so it's wide open in a way. You can do whatever yeah, you like. Yeah, so I can try some stuff. Yeah, it's nice. It's finally nice to have a bit of the pressure off so I can have some room to try some shit, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, one last question that just uh, popped into my mind then, because you mentioned uh, the lyrics and uh, earlier. Is, is there one line then uh, out of your career <laughs> that this is going to be terrible? But is, is there one line that you're that you're really proud of, or that you uh, maybe just a verse or something that you uh, think I really nailed what I was trying to say here? Yeah, I mean, there's a song uh, called "In My Dreams" um, and a song called "Person I Should Have Been." Mm -hmm. um, those two songs, to me in particular, sort of hit the nail on the head, really. Uh, like in my dreams is about me losing my dad, uh, and and I'm waiting every night to have a dream about him because I missed him, uh, and not having a dream about him, um, and that was a real thing. That was a hundred percent a real thing that happened, and and I wrote about it just because I it was it was painful, you know, um, and it became this real cool song that I get to play a lot. You know, if I'm feeling really like, oh, I'm playing too many pop songs, I always slip that one in because it's a real, it's a real song, you know. Um, yeah, and and it, and it gets, still gets me emotional and it, and, it, and it helps other people that have had, you know, dads die or, or their mums have died or... Um, so that's nice. That's a nice one. I think the lyrics in it are really sweet. Um But yeah, for in, in terms of poignant and sort of quite clever, that's not I'm not the right person to ask. But yeah, I'd say too late for lullabies. I'm pretty pleased with the lyric. I like the way that it flows, and I like, I, I like simple sort of rhyme couplets and stuff. You know, where you have a double rhyme. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I I, I can't <laughs> say because that's my songs. But um, yeah, one of them. Fair enough. Um, James, thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with Pleasure. me. I wish you all Pleasure. the best. Um, you'll be touring the UK, I believe, in uh, March, yeah. and then you'll be coming over here in Europe uh, in, in yeah, September. Yeah, so, yeah, great to, to see you back on stage.